The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Luke chapter 8. Soon afterward, he went through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing good news of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, and from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, He said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go into their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be, made, that will not be known and come to light." Take care, then, how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he will, that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Amen. I'm so glad to be with you all. Thanks for coming. Happy Father's Day. Love looking at God's word with you. I want to ask you as we begin, what is your most important skill? What's your most important skill? Your bread and butter. And and as, as I was asking that question in my mind and I was thinking about our church, I was just amazed at how many skills we have in our small church. We got counselors, got contractors, we got people who can make and fix 
anything in the world. We have people who understand geology. We have lifeguards. We have EMTs. We have nurses. Uh, we have all-star surfers. We have salesmen. We have, we have it all. Um, you're so talented. And I think of our dads, right? Our dads, man, they can get the business done. They got skills. Um, but what's your most important skill? We're continuing our study through the Gospel of Luke. And here Jesus wants to talk about that very thing. This is the one skill you very much need to take stock of. This is the one skill that, that you better take seriously, that you be, better take care of. Um, on this one skill, your whole life depends on it. Your eternal life depends on it. In verse 18, Jesus said, do you remember? Take care then how you, what? How you hear. The most important thing about you is how you hear. That's what Jesus wants to say today. Now, I know it's, uh, I know it's Father's Day, and so on Father's Day, you're, you're tempted to, you know, tell some dad jokes. You guys want to hear my dad jokes? I don't have any dad jokes. I think I am the dad joke. I don't have any dad jokes. And, you, and you're, you're, you're told to be, you know, like light and funny and encouraging, and instead, we're getting a bomb dropped on us today, okay? Happy Father's Day. All right, but, but here's, here's how I want to frame this, all right? Um, if you are a father or you've had a father, is it ever possible to some, for someone to warn the one they love? Is it possible for you to warn the one you love? Let me, let me tell you how I talk to Zeke. You've seen Zeke. He's the cutest thing ever. He's about three years old right now. And you know how I talk to him when it comes to running across the parking lot? Running across Isle Avenue? Because he'll do it. He's not afraid of anything. He thinks he's indestructible. Don't you run out there, boy. Don't you do it. I warn him. Why? Because I love him. They won't see him. They'll truck him. You know this, right? Anybody, you had a, you had a good dad. He warned you about something. You didn't, you didn't listen. <laughs> you paid for it. I remember once in high school, I was driving like I was a... Like I was a superstar in my Mercury Topaz or whatever it was. And, uh, and I was just, I was flying around. And I remember my dad said, you need, you need to stop driving like this. You need to stop. And for me, it was like, well, I heard it. I didn't hear it. Next day, no lie. Reckless driving ticket. <laughs> Next day. So how joyful was that for me when I walked, when I walked in uh, home? You warn the one you love. You warn the one you love. And if, and if, you're going to give, can we give Jesus permission to warn us on Father's Day? And to encourage fathers, hey, fathers, this is the most important thing you have. This is the most important thing you have for your marriage, for your family. To encourage the rest of us, this is the most important skill. It's how you hear. That's what we're going to do today. So I'm going to give you five and I'm breaking all the preacher rules. I'm supposed to give you three. I'm giving you five reasons how you hear is so important. And then the sixth point is going to be what you need to hear the most. Five reasons how you hear is so hear the most. So here we go. Reason number one, verses one to three. Uh, verses one to three are a transition uh, from what Jesus has been doing to his speaking. And as we've seen in Luke over and over and over again, you get these accounts of miracles, and then you get Jesus teaching. And then you get the accounts of miracles, and then you get Jesus teaching. 
And so 1 to 3, you got these summary verses. And certainly Jesus is famous, famous, famous for his miracles. But what is the main thing Jesus is doing? Luke wants you to see it. Verse 1. Soon afterward, he, that's Jesus, went on through the cities and villages. What's he doing? Proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom. He's proclaiming and bringing good news. What's the main thing Jesus does? He speaks. He teaches. Folks, the miracles don't just happen without context. Somebody just sitting there healed. Who? Why? How? No idea. That never happens. The miracles are meant to point you to the reality of the person and what he is teaching. Teaching, teaching. He's teaching the good news of the kingdom. We've seen that. God has promised he would send his king to bring justice, to liberate his people, to renew the world. It's through this king you'll find forgiveness. And you can join God in his kingdom and share it with him. And Jesus is saying, here's the good news. I'm him. I'm I'm here. I've come. Believe me. Trust in me. He's proclaiming the good news. And it's changing people. Oh, we've seen it. He said in chapter 4, he's come to liberate the poor. And poor is this junk word for people who are outsiders, who are broken, who aren't normally in the religious community, who we think, oh, they could never know and love God, or the ones we think, they're a dumpster fire, there's no hope for them. That's what Jesus came to bring, the poor. So we've seen him change tax collectors, centurions. Last week we saw that amazing interaction with a prostitute. So his word, his teaching is doing what he said, it's liberating people. It's setting them free. And we get another example of that in verse 2. Jesus wants, or, or Luke wants to show you who was funding and driving Jesus' ministry at this time. Now, if you were making this up in the ancient world, uh, you would have picked, well, who would you pick if you wanted people to believe this? You're going to make this up. Let's see, who was funding Jesus' ministry? Wouldn't you pick somebody powerful, important, and respected? Probably. And then who does Luke show you is is a foundational pillar in Jesus' ministry. Look at verse 2. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits. Now you should chuckle a little. In the ancient world, you would never make women leaders and foundational pillars of your ministry. You wouldn't do that. They wouldn't be respected. And number two, you probably wouldn't choose women who had had demons. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and assume that means they had problems, Uh, heart problems, mental problems. They're broken, they're outcasts. And Jesus is teaching, and it's transforming, and he's bringing them in, and they're joining him in his ministry. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I can't help but say here on Father's Day, you know, baby, I couldn't be a Father's Day without my wife. I love my wife. How many of you fathers, you husbands, you want to be like, hey, this is fun, don't try this alone, right? And, and this text made me think of, it made me think of all the wonderful women at this church. This church would sink like a boat with holes in it without the foundational leadership and service of women in this church. So on this Father's Day, dudes, I want you to clap for the ladies who keep this church going. Thank you. But that is not Luke's point. Luke's point is Jesus' major thing that is transforming and liberating people, is his preaching. It's his teaching. Which means that the way to know and respond to Jesus is to? It's to hear and it's to listen. 
your, the way you hear is so important because this is the only way to respond to Jesus. He's teaching. He's teaching. He doesn't die on a cross and rise from the dead without context, without explanation. It has meaning. It has purpose. It's, it's doing something, and he's told us, are you listening? Are you listening? If you won't listen, you can't know him. You can't be changed by him. Do you see how important it is? How you hear. Are you listening? Are you being changed? Do you want to? It's the first thing about how to hear. It's how you listen to Jesus. Second reason it's so important. I want to show you a little sandwich thing here in verse 4 and verse 9. Jesus is going to tell a parable. We're going to go through that in a little bit. I want you to see two kinds of people who are listening. Look at verse 4. And when a what? Great crowd was gathering from town after town. So this is, this is humongous. This is humongous. Just scads of people are here to listen to Jesus. Scads of them. But look down at verse 9. There's another group of people. When his what? Disciples. So you've got this huge crowd in verse 4. You've got this other group, disciples, people who follow Jesus. And then look at the last part of verse 8. What is Jesus constantly calling out? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's always saying this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It sounds silly at first. Does anyone have ears? And you're like, ooh, me. Okay. We all have ears. Did you know you can hear but not hear? You can have the sound go through your head and go, huh, and not really listen. Okay, case study, me when my dad told me to slow down, okay? I heard him, and I didn't hear a thing. I heard him, and I didn't hear a thing. The crowds are coming to Jesus in mass. They want to hear him, and they want to see his miracles, but most of them don't hear a thing. And Jesus is saying, are you listening? But his disciples, look at verse 9, what do his disciples do? Verse 9, and when his disciples, what's those next two words? Asked him what the parable meant. Do you see the difference? What did the disciples do with Jesus' word? I want to know more. Tell me more. Explain this to me. I'm still hungry. Feed me. Show me. Folks, how you hear is the difference between what crowd you are in. You can go to church and you can listen and have it go in your head and not hear a thing. The crowds were curious. The crowds are casual. The disciples come and they're committed. And they're following Jesus. And they're listening. They're hanging on every word. They want to know more. The second reason how you hear is so important is it is the difference maker between whether you are just a fan observing or you are a follower. You know him, you love him, you want more, you're walking his path. How you hear makes the difference. It's a, it's a little bit of a warning. Who out and disciples? But disciples did something more. They wanted more. They heard it in a different way. So what group are you in? Are you casual? Is Jesus a hobby? Are you part of the crowd? Or are you a disciple? Are you committed? Are you following? Do you want more? Are you hungry? It's all about how you hear. Now we're going to the third point. It's a little bit longer. We're going to go into this parable, okay? You know what a parable is, right? It's a simple story to illustrate important truth. A simple story to illustrate 
important truth. And as Jesus tells this parable, honestly, some scholars say there might have been people out in the fields doing this very thing while he's talking. It's as common as can be in ancient Israel. So what do you have? You have a farmer, right? You have a farmer. And what is he doing? He's spreading seed. He doesn't have a tractor. Okay? How do you spread seed ancient world when you're a farmer? You got this trick you do with your hand. Anybody done grounds crew before? You try to, try to put seed on your grass? Some people are amazing at this. They can shoot the seed like hit a target with it. They know exactly where it's going. They, it's kind of like a fan like this. I've tried it before. I'm terrible. But you can do it. Okay, and so you get this farmer walking through his field, spreading the seed, and it lands on four kinds of soil, four kinds of soil, and they would totally get what he's saying. Number one, you get the sidewalk. How do people get from village to village, ancient world? They walk. They walk the same path. What happens to the ground they walk on? It gets very hard. A seed, it's on the edge of your field. A seed goes over and bounces on the field. What happens to that seed? Dink, 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 dink. It's not going in. It's hard. The bird comes to eat it. Okay, we get that. We've seen that. Great, there's another kind of soil. Two more. These are deceitful soils. They look good, but they're not. And I say deceitful. Do you think any farmer is walking up to like a pile of boulders and going, oh, here's, my, here's all my precious seeds. I'm going to throw them on the boulders. No, it's insane. That's ridiculous. He's throwing it on a field that looks good, but underneath it, there's a bed of rock. Underneath it, there's a bed of rock. So the soil, it's, it, there's, there's a little bit. It can get in there. It can grow. But what happens to the roots? It hits the rock. That, the Palestinian sun comes up. The plant's not going to make it. The root can't go deep. It dies. Okay, we've seen that before. It's normal. And what about uh, that, that third soil? It looks good. Again, do you think he's throwing his seeds on like a, a pile of brambles? Hey, let's see what happens. Watch him bounce down the branches. No, no way. He's throwing it on what looks like good soil. But what's in that soil? Weeds, thorns, brambles, they grow faster than the wheat does, and so they choke it out. So those two soils, they looked good, but they weren't. And finally get to the fourth soil, good soil, throws it in, what happens? Bears root, grows up, fruit. And then Jesus blows you away because he says it, it produces a hundredfold, which is tons of fruit, just tons, amazing, tons. And there's your parable. All right, let's pray and go home. No, that's not the point. We need to hear Jesus tease this out for us. What does it mean as we look at this very common story that is happening here? Well, it's so helpful. Jesus is so clear. Let's look at verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is, what is it, folks? Tell me. The word of God. Did everybody see that? The seed is the word of God. And so the sower then obviously is the one spreading the word of God. Any sower who spreads the word of God, what is the word of God? It's the major message of who Jesus is, of what he's done, the New Testament, the Old Testament fulfilled in the New Testament, the word of God about Jesus. And the sower, it's Jesus, it's you when you share your faith, it's a Bible when you're reading it, it's a podcast when you're hearing it, it's the communication of the word of God. The sower spreads the word, but this parable is not about the sower or the word. It's not about them. Because it's the same sower that goes to all four soils. It's the same seed that goes to all four soils. Three of them don't bear any fruit. One bears a lot of fruit. The issue is the soil. What is the soil? What is the illustration? Well, look. Uh, verse 12, first two words. Can you say it with me? Verse 12, first two words. Mark it, say go. The, the ones. It's people. Verse 13, first three words. And the ones, 
Verse 14, they are those who hear. Verse 15, the good soil, they are those. The soils are pictures of people's hearts shown in how they hear. The soils are pictures of people's hearts shown in how they hear. What soil are you? What soil? Look at through this. Look through this. The first one you had, a sidewalk. What's that heart like? <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen this before? Or maybe this was you in the past. Maybe you're feeling like this is you right now. The word of God hits your heart and it's like a BB off concrete. You don't want it. Uh, for some of you who, like, maybe you converted later in life, do you remember a time in your life like this? Where you're like, stop, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know, I don't care. Hard heart, that's what it's like. And Jesus gives this warning here, be careful, be careful, because look at what happens. The bird comes to eat the seed. Oh, this normal thing. Yeah, of course, the birds, they follow the guy throwing the seeds. Of course, it's normal. The bird comes to eat the seed, and Jesus says, that is like, did you hear what it's like? It's Satan. There is a spiritual thing happening when you don't want to hear God's word. And Satan, his major role is he's going to lie to you so that he can destroy you. He's going to lie to you so that he can destroy you. And he's going to give you every reason possible. Don't believe this. Don't listen to this. You don't want this. Think of what would happen uh, to your friends. Think of how you'd have to change. You don't want this. This is crazy. You can't believe this. This is ridiculous. Get out of here. Don't listen to this. Don't listen to it. And the hard heart goes, yeah, 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 you're right. I don't want this. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And it's so serious and it's so important because look at verse 12. The ones on the path are those who have heard and the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. They won't be saved. Saved from what? The penalty of our sin against a holy God. Against a holy God. We've broken his law. We deserve his, we deserve his justice. We have not Loved him as we have, have been made to love and We have not loved our neighbor. We deserve his judgment. We feel that guilt when we won't hear the word, when we're closed off to it. We won't be saved. And, and this is so serious. Did you, did you notice as, as uh, our scripture was read, verses 9 to 10, maybe it confused you a little. Verses 9 to 10. When the disciples asked Jesus what the parable meant, look, at, look again at what Jesus said in verse 10. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. So those who want more, those who follow Jesus, they're, they're understanding, they're getting more. But look at what happens next. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Something is happening here in what Jesus is doing where he's not giving the crowds the same level of truth that he was before. And the purpose is judgment. What? What? Here's what's happening. We all get so many chances to hear God's word. So many chances, but it's limited. And at some point, God will sometimes judge those who have rejected his word by not speaking to them anymore. That's what this text is saying. How careful do you want to be 
with how you hear God's word? How careful do you want to be? Do you want it to ping off? How many times do you say, no, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it. There may be a time where you, when you're never hearing it in the same way again. Oh, people, right? If you're like, this is me, I don't like that. Pray, ask God, do, do something in me. Open me up. Make me hear differently. Let's get to the next two soils. Again, these are deceitful soils. These are soils that look good, but they're not. Verse 13, the rocks, who are those people? They're those that when they hear the word, they receive it in, with joy. So they hear the word. How's it look at first? This is great. This is great. They receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, they fall away. So they look like they love Jesus, they leave him. Why? It was the testing. Okay, if you've been a Christian for longer than 45 seconds, you're going to be tested. Somebody at church will be mean to you, and you think, I don't, even, I don't know if I'm into this. Or, or suffering will be a part of your life. And something will come up in your mind where you say, you know what, if this is the way Jesus is going to let this life go, I don't know if he's worth it. That's what happens. I've known people like this. I don't know if he's worth it. But, but do, you see, do you see what's happening in their heart? If you come to Jesus for the good life he will give you, did you really come to Jesus for himself or did you come for what you think he's selling? Because if you leave when times are hard, I would suggest, listen, times are hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic. But when, if you leave Jesus when times are hard, I would you wanted what he thought he would give you. And Jesus is not interested in being anyone's middleman. Those who love Jesus for who he is, oh, the times of trial, they're tough. But don't they bring us in? Don't they move us further to him? Don't we run to him more? Yeah, they're tough. We got questions. We struggle. But, but that doesn't make us leave. It makes me hold, hold closer. So this is a different kind of soil. And again, you have to ask yourself, is this, is this my heart? Is this my heart? Because it looked good, but it, it wasn't real. It had no root in Christ. The third soil, again, it's another deceitful soil. It's the thorns. Verse 14, what fell among the thorns? They're those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by what? What's choking it? What's choking the seed of God's word out of these people's lives? The cares and riches and pleasures. Cares and riches and pleasures. Jesus or money? Money, money, money. Jesus or this lifestyle, this lifestyle, this lifestyle, this lifestyle. You want a picture of this? Judas. How saved did Judas look? He was at every meeting. He probably healed people. He heard it all. He saw it all. He never trusted Jesus. And the gospel show you what he loves. He loves money. So this is the one who over time, yeah, Jesus at first, but then, oh, but all this other stuff. And, and what was Jesus? I, eh, I'm not really into that anymore. I've had these meetings. I've cried. I've cried at these meetings. I've listened to these people who look like they love Jesus. And they say, I just, it's, I'm not really into it anymore. I'm into this now. And just, Jesus is getting us ready. It's right here in the soil. Do you hear how important it is how you listen? How important is it? 
Let's get to the fourth soil. Uh, and now for the good soil. There are those who hearing the word, hold it fast in a good and honest what? Somebody tell me. An honest and good what? Heart. This is all about your heart toward God's word. It's all about the heart. And a good heart that's honest and sincere, that hears the, hears the word, and what does it do with the word? Holds it fast. I want it. I want more. I'm listening. This is precious to me. It's delicious to me. Feed me more. Give me more word. Talk to me, God. Talk to me, Jesus. I'm listening. I want to obey it. Show me more. And they bear fruit with what? This is an important one, too. Bear fruit with? Patience. Hey, Baby steps, everybody. Baby steps. Keep reading his word. Keep working one step at a time. Are you, sometimes you wonder, is this a, am I ever really going to be changed? Yeah, you're changing. It's slow. Keep eating God's word. Keep moving forward. He's working in you. You're bearing fruit. Fruit, 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 fruit. I look back at my life and I think, man, if Jesus hadn't grabbed me, what would my life look like right now? Disgusting. You know, one, and one angle, you know, glass half empty, glass half full, I could look at my life and be like, gosh, there's a million ways I need to change to be better. But hey, let's, oh my goodness, look at the difference Jesus has made in my life. There's fruit. So much fruit. Keep going. Keep seeking him. Keep listening. There's fruit in your life. We see it, everybody. Keep going. Keep listening. And you get more and more, and the harvest is there. But do you see this third point? It's a long one. How you hear proves whether or not you are saved. I can't give it to you any more simple than that. How you hear proves whether or not you are saved. The first, the first soil, they don't even look saved. Ding, it's gone. Second soil, third soil, they look saved. They are not. It's the fourth soil with a different heart that grabs on and hangs on and bears fruit. Fourth reason how you hear is so important. How you hear will be revealed. The reason I'm handling this long, this long passage all at once is because you see this is one message from Jesus, right? He's not done yet, so we're not going to quit, okay? Amen. Verse 16, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed. God's not going to do that with his word. Hey, I've spoken, but mm, no. Puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Look at this next verse, verse 17. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. You think back to those two soils, the one with the rock, the one with the thorns. Stuff is hidden, right? It's hidden. I, I, don't, I don't know how this person's listening. It, look, it looks good, but maybe it isn't. It's hidden. But guess what? Guess, we'll, what, guess what will be revealed about how you listen to God's word? Everything. Everything will be revealed. In the end, when Jesus comes back, he will judge the world by his word. He will. It is his word. And it will be made manifest. And it will be made manifest how you listen to that word. It will show up. I can fake you out. You can fake me out. We can't fake him out. He sees it. He knows the heart. So listen, take care how you hear. Take care because it will, it will show itself. It will be made manifest. That's what he says in verse 18. Take care how you hear. Now listen to this. For to the one who has more will be given. What does that mean? If you have this heart that loves God's word and you keep eating, you keep struggling, you keep learning, you keep bringing it in, you keep trying to live it, guess what you're going to get? 
more and more and more. You're going to understand more and more and more. More and more riches of his grace. More and more knowledge of who he is. More and more comfort in your life. More and more wisdom about God. More and more of his strength, his power, his spirit. You're going to get more. And for those of you who have been Christians for a while, can you sense this? You're going to get more? I had somebody ask me, how do you always have something to preach about? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? I haven't scratched the surface. I've barely started. There's treasure chests and mines of gold. I, I haven't even peeked into those rooms yet. There's more. Every time there's more. You hear you're going to get more. It's going to be revealed that you heard because you're going to get more. But what happens? Look at verse 18. Take care how you hear. Who has not even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. This is that fake soil again. It looked real. I thought I hadn't. I thought I had it, but I didn't. I thought I had it. Jesus says, from the one who has, what's that next word? Not. There's, there's a principle like this with the word of God. Use it or lose it. You heard that one? Use it or lose it. I'm starting to peak that hill. I'm 42 years old in a couple weeks. Any of you feel bad for me getting old? No, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm sorry to peek that, but you know, even physically, you're like, I got to use this or I'm going to lose this, right? You know what I'm saying? It's true spiritually. Use it or lose it. Here, it shows you're alive. Listen, eat, obey, engage, go to Bible studies, go to church, read it at home, eat God's word, live it out, uh, use it, and more will be given. But if you're like, I don't need that. I don't need that again. I still don't need that. I don't want that. Nah, nah. What happens? Even what you think you had is gone. You don't even hear it anymore. And it's all going to be revealed. Do you see how important how you hear is? It's so important. It's how you respond to Jesus because he's always speaking. Number two, it's the difference between crowd or disciple. Number three, it proves whether or not you are saved. Number four, it will be revealed. Number five, verse 19. This is just, uh, I love some of these sermon conclusions we're getting in God's word here. Um, Look at this one with Jesus. He gives this message, verse 19, who shows up? His mother and his brothers come to him. And what happens? They can't even get close to him because of the size of this crowd. I would love to see that. It would be amazing. Now, if you're a mom, try this on. You're trying to get your boy. You're like, dang, he's preaching coliseums now. Okay? Wow. But I'm still his mama, right? And so you want to come and see him. It's mama. I'm over here. Okay? And what do you expect? Yeah. You expect you to be like, hold up, everybody. My mother has entered. Come forward. It's not what he does here. I don't want to portray this wrong. Jesus loves his mother. He cares for her. He loves his mother. We don't know what's going on in his mother's heart or in the brother's heart right here. You get get some pictures in other gospels. I just want you to see what Jesus does. He was told, your mother and brothers are standing out desiring to see you. And look at what Jesus says in verse 21. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God. And do it. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. So if you're, if you're like, I think, I think I've got that good soil heart. I want that, God. I love your word. I want to know you more. And you're hearing his word, and you're trying to put it into practice. You're doing it. You're obeying it. Listen to this incredible encouragement. What does Jesus call people like that? You're my family. Hey, you over there, that wonderful lady, you, you're reading your Bible. You're always doing it. You're my mom. Here you, you, you wonderful young lady over here, you're reading the Bible, you're doing it. You're my sister. Hey, bro, hey, bro over there, you're reading the Bible, you're trying to live that out, you're trusting me. You're my brother. You're my brother. His arms are around you. I love that verse in Hebrews. He's not ashamed to call his people brother, sister. He's like the big, you're mine, you're mine. And guess what, folks? If, if Jesus is your brother, then who's your daddy? Okay? The Father God in heaven is your dad. You are adopted. This is the sign that shows you who you are. How you hear is the sign that shows you whose you are. You hear because you've been adopted. You've been adopted. You know, on a day like Father's Day, some of us had great fathers, some of us had okay fathers, some of us, we don't want to talk about the father we had. We've got to remember who the ultimate father is. Our Father in heaven who nobody loves us like him, nobody provides for us like him, nobody has compassion like him, and he is your father today if you trust Jesus, if you've got a heart that believes that word. Do you see it? How important is how you hear? It shows you whose you are. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. How awesome. So we've seen those five things about how important it is how you hear. Let's run over one more time. How you hear is how you respond to Jesus. Number two, how you hear shows you whether you're crowd or disciple. Number three, how you hear proves whether or not you're saved. Number four, how you hear shows you whose you are. Now I need one more thing for you to hear. One more thing for you to hear. You know, this, this passage raises questions. Does this passage make you feel like you, can, you have to earn your salvation? Get a good heart by showing lots of fruit? Is that what this passage says? Where's the soil where it was bad and then the bad soil produced good fruit? Where's that one? It's not in there. And we've been watching, haven't we? Who did Jesus save last week? Remember? A prostitute. Who did he save a couple weeks before that? A tax collector. Let me just ask you, did those people start with good hearts? Was she living out of her good soil heart when she was living in a prostitute? Was Levi living out of his good soil heart when he's taking everybody's money as a tax collector? No way! What happened? A heart change. A soil change. Another question you might have is, hey, can you, is, this, is this parable saying you can lose your salvation? Right? If you don't do good fruit, uh, you, lost, you lost it. Well, I, I, I want to ask you, where's the part where the good soil turns bad? It's not there. It's not there. What does the good soil do when it hears the word? It bears fruit. 
The fruit can't make the heart good. And a good heart can't spoil. That's what this parable says. What are we saying? And now this question is, how do I get that heart? How do I become a new soil? How could I, how could I even change my own heart? I want to take you to the highlight, the climax of the Gospel of Luke. What is it? What's the most surprising, most amazing thing in the Gospel of Luke? It's a cross and resurrection, isn't it? And I want to take you to something Jesus said at the night before he was crucified. Look at Luke 22, verse 20. He says something very strange. We quote it here all the time. We don't always explain it. Luke 22, 20. He's eating the last suppers with his disciples, and this cup has the wine in it. And in Luke 22, 20, he says, The cup that is poured out for you is the what? New covenant in my blood. Now, let's just put this all together. The, the cup itself is a symbol, right? Poured out. What does the cup represent? He's going to shed his blood on the cross, Right? And so he says, my shedding of my blood on the cross, that is the new what? The new covenant. What is the new covenant then, and how does his blood get that? Well, let me back up to tell where is, let me back up to show you where the prophets talk about a new covenant. Why do we need a new covenant? Because we can't do the old ones. The old one was obey, and I'll be your God. And that sounds great, except for... We can't obey. And why can't we obey? Because I got a hard rock, weedy, thorny heart. I need a new heart. It's exactly what Jeremiah says. Look at Jeremiah 31, 31 and following. Jeremiah 31, 31 and following. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a what? A new covenant with the house of Israel. Verse 33. This is the covenant I will make them. What's he going to do, folks? What is the new covenant? I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. The new covenant is a changed heart. The new covenant is a new soil. And look what happens when this happens. I will be their God. They shall be my people, for they shall all, what? Know me. From the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin for 10 minutes or so, for a week, until they really screw it up. No. I'll remember their sin, what? No more. It's gone. It's over. They have new hearts, they know me, they love me, and they are completely, totally, eternally forgiven. Listen, if Jesus gives you eternal life, can he take it away? Help me with this word eternal, please. What does eternal mean? Couple weeks. Couple years? We read Jesus' words today, John 10. I give my sheep eternal Life. How long does eternal life last? If you can lose it, it wasn't eternal. If you can lose it, it wasn't eternal. Does he give you the possibility of eternal life if you do it good enough? That's salvation by works, folks. And the thing that bought and enables the heart change is the cross.
I believe that he bought my change of heart on the cross. He bought your change of heart on the cross. And the way he changes your heart is when you hear about the cross. And you hear about the one, the son of God, who died in your place for all the times your heart was a sidewalk. For all the times you wanted to use Jesus as a middleman. For all the times you loved the treasures of this world more than him. He took your place. He was plowed up on the cross in his body like the field of your heart needed to be plowed up. And all the rocks and the brambles and the hardness were drilled on him on the cross so that you could receive a new heart of good soil. A heart that is both broken and humbled by sin and is amazed by his grace. And then when you see that, right? We saw it last week, didn't we? In the prostitute. When you see the simultaneous knowledge of your sin and Jesus' love and forgiveness, the coldness of that Pharisee melts away and all that's left is warmth and you're hearing God's word. What you need to hear today and every day is the cross. Listen, listen, listen. Hear the word of God, hold it fast. Hear the gospel, hold it fast. Say, Jesus, move in me, change me, help me follow you. And guess what? Know this, you're his child. Hear people, be careful how you hear. Trust Jesus and it'll show, it'll show that you're his child. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. And we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.